Market View on Money FM 89.3. Cross-border financing and transactions remains a challenge, especially for countries that are, uh, encounter frequent U.S. dollar shortages. Well, how would you possibly solve this using blockchain? Well, this is the mission that drives startup XREX, a Taiwanese headquartered company that did raise 17 million U.S. dollars in pre-series A funding in recent times. And their uh, goal is to try and reduce the number of uh, and solve some of these major cross-border financing solutions using blockchain technologies and stable coins. Today on Money FM 89.3, we're pleased to be joined by Mr. Christopher Chai, who's the managing director for XREX here in Singapore, to try to help us understand what the company does and exactly what kind of opportunities opportunities uh, exist within the blockchain technology to help solve some of these cross-border financing solutions and what role these stable coins play. Mr. Chai, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are safe and in good health in these uncertain times. And welcome to the show, sir. Good afternoon. It's good to meet you. Hi there, JP. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And you know, I've been tuning into your show for quite a bit. And I must say you have some really interesting guests. I think it was James from HSBC before and Joseph, if I recall correctly. I thought they gave just really great insights into the Asian landscape. Oh, fantastic. Thank you so much for the compliment, sir. And of course, we'd like to, we'd like to get your fascinating insights in the blockchain world. But first off, I do want to give you the floor to talk to us about XREX. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly there. XREX, specifically the problems in cross-border financing that the group wants to address and how blockchain and digital fiat currencies play a part in some of these solutions you're proposing. Absolutely, JP. And, and you got the pronunciation spot on. It is X-Rex. And uh, I think you're quite right in uh, prefacing this conversation with the problems we're trying to solve. Because ultimately, JP, we're, we're entrepreneurs, right? We, we exist to help our customers with their problems. And there are a variety of them, I hate to say. But perhaps I'd start with uh, the most pressing one. And that's got to do with dollar liquidity, as you have rightly pointed out. Because dollar shortage continues to be a major choke point for international business, particularly in the emerging markets where our company XREX is, uh, is most active. And uh, it was in a recent trade finance survey, I think commissioned by, and, and JP, you'd correct me if I'm wrong, um, the Asian mm-hmm. Development Bank, where they surveyed banks from nearly 50 different countries and basically asked them, hey, you know, what are the, what are the largest barriers to expanding trade operations globally? And nearly 30%, John, Nearly 30% identify access to U.S. dollar liquidity as the obstacle. And it's probably, you know, for you and me living in Singapore, a little bit surreal to imagine that. Because for us, access to an entire basket of international currencies, we, we basically take for granted. Whereas in some of these emerging markets, it's currently actually really difficult for, for importers to get access to the U.S. dollars. It's hard to imagine, right? I mean, in some of these markets, you could, you could walk up to a financial institution and say, hey, can I get some USD? And then hear them say, hey, sorry, buddy, not today. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can see why it's, a, it's very punishing, right, for an importer. You've got no dollars, which means you have no ability to import, which means you have no ability to, to, to make sales, which then further exacerbates your ability to generate dollars, and the vicious cycle just spirals on. So this is where our company... X-Rex really shines. Mm-hmm. We are extremely empathetic about these challenges. And our, our main obsession, our main mission today remains to alleviate this issue of access to, liqui- to, to liquidity in places where the situation is most pronounced. So we're talking about areas such as parts of Southeast Asia, 
um, India is another example, Africa, the Middle East, South America, places where businesses and business owners need affordable and faster access to to the dollar. And and I know this is the second part of the question, uh, JP, about how cryptocurrencies and blockchain can help help us in that endeavor. And uh, I thought I could bring it to, to life with an example. If, sure. you could, if you could permit me a couple more seconds, I know I... Go ahead. Go, go, ahead. go ahead, Christopher. All right. Excellent. So I'm just going to use an example. I'm just going to pluck it from the air. And uh, say we have an importer in India, for instance, who wants to import some commodities, say steel, from, from South Africa. So you have basically an Indian merchant who wants to buy steel from a steel supplier in South Africa. So today, the Indian merchant has basically two choices. They could go to traditional sources of funding, a bank, for instance, and of course, in the process, be, be made to pay a pretty penny just to get some U.S. dollars mm-hmm. or a letter of credit. And uh, the bank may not even be willing to approve those. Now, that's option one. Option two is to go with a company like XREX because we can help the Indian merchant convert their, their local currency, rupees, of course, into a cryptocurrency. And at XREX, we typically use USDT, which, of course, back to the question of what is USDT. And if, if I could just sum it up in a nutshell, USDT is commonly known as a stable coin mm-hmm. whose value is approximated one-to-one to the U.S. dollar. Mm-hmm. So in other words, this USDT that has a value pack to the USD, which was what the Indian merchant originally wanted, now becomes the Indian merchant's ammunition for trade. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, to add an additional layer of safety for both the buyer and the seller, we place the USDT into an escrow account and only release the funds to the seller when you know, all the parties are satisfied that the commodities have been shipped and the ownership has been transferred as intended. Mm. So this is essentially, JP, akin to a letter of credit, which can be very useful for cross-border trading involving emerging markets, but at the same time, rather difficult to obtain traditionally. All right. So uh, Christopher, you know, when you look at this, okay, it's like a letter of credit, it seems, and upon proof of service delivery, it seems that you might pay the said supplier in stablecoin, if I'm not mistaken. My question now is how can these suppliers in these countries then use the said stablecoin? Can they convert them freely into their their countries to U.S. dollars or perhaps or or use these stablecoins for other transactions? I mean, I think it's a question of how can they perhaps turn this into usable credit when they're in their um, – in their particular countries where they are facing these said dollar shortages? These are, these are excellent questions, JP. And uh, actually, if you, if you were to survey a number of these, uh, shall we call them crypto-savvy merchants, um, you'll find that they aren't particularly eager to want to swap out their crypto for fiat at all. For the simple reason that there are many things that the merchants can do with their USDT. For one, they can um, continue to trade in USDT because the community of cross-border merchants who have come to adopt cryptocurrencies as, as a tradable currency is growing. And I've used the word growing as a descriptor, but really it's exploding. Right? Take, for example, a country like Nigeria. By the end of last year, she was receiving between six to $700 million worth of crypto in a month, according to Chainalysis, uh, which is a sizable amount on its own. But fast forward a few months to May this year, JP, that number is $2.4 billion. It's practically mm. quadrupled. So if you were to ask these crypto-savvy merchants, 
you wouldn't find them hard-pressed to want to swap out the stable coins or fiat at all because apart from being able to use the stable coins for continued trade, they can also use them to buy other cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin or the altcoins like Ether, ADA, Ripple, Matic, Sol, Dot, Algo, what have you. There's so many mm-hmm. avenues. Um, but I say value-appreciating avenues for merchants to deploy their arsenal of stable coins. Christopher, are there any concerns, though, that domestic regulators in some of these countries like India or others might actually try to uh, take the hammer to the flow of USD-backed fiat currencies? You know, these are stable coins that are backed by U.S. dollars. But are there any concerns on XRX's part that perhaps the Indian regulators like the Indian Central, the RBI, for instance, might come back and say, hey, you know what, let's take a look at this and perhaps clamp down on these flows. Is this a possible risk that XRX is facing? That is, a, that is an accurate sentiment, I think, and it definitely is a sentiment that echoes in many of the minds of the crypto players. Uh, but I think um, it's fair to say that as a general trend, the regulators are devoting more and more attention to this field, and in some cases working at breakneck speed to design the governance framework. They can allow well-meaning crypto service providers like XREX to operate productively and at the same time to weed out the ones who have... Uh, well, less innocent intentions. Now, this mm-hmm. naturally means that we'll go through a phase of inevitable ambiguity, we want to call it that, where things are a little bit gray, and, you know, exceptional handling and dispensations are required. Um, but if you look at a, at a government like Singapore, now the fact that the Singapore government is strict, right, and they want mm-hmm. to uh, govern everything through the Payment Services Act, which uh, came to pass in 2019, is very much good news to us and the industry. And uh, XREX is, of course, applying for a license under, under the Payment Services Act. And uh, we have every intention of following all the rules, meeting all the requirements. And we're glad that the bar is set so high so that any player who does clinch the license, well, well, that's a big deal, right? And a great vote of confidence from the authorities. And hopefully in time, this would normalize crypto service providers as serious, legitimate, compliant, and meaningful participants of the financial industry. And of course, for good. Okay. So, Christopher, very quickly, though, and we're coming in at the end of a very fascinating conversation, I want you to talk to us about why Singapore is important as a place of expansion for XREX and how you're planning to use the funding recently secured. Great. So, we are a Taiwan-grown company, mm-hmm. but Singapore is, is home to me. I've grown up here. I've built my career here, and I've seen firsthand how our regulators are very forward-looking, ahead of the curve, and often look to as a uh, as a beacon for other jurisdictions to, to follow. You know, I really like this quote. I know we're running out of time, but I really have to share this quote from, from Carl Sagan, uh, who is a renowned astrophysicist. He says, you should be open-minded, but not so open-minded that your brain falls out. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Singapore treads this delicate balance really beautifully, right? It's always open to advances and technological frontiers, but at the same time, it regulates with, ooh, shall we say, a, a very keen eye. There's not very much you can get away with in Singapore. But listen, we, we love to work with the authorities. That's the reason why we want to establish ourselves in Singapore. We're all new at this, right? What with crypto being 12, 13 years old and mm-hmm. traditional finance being a few centuries old. So I genuinely feel that we should all work together with the authorities because really, at the end of the day, they're only interested in one thing, and that is safety. Mm-hmm. And working together to create a safe, stable, and equally importantly, fair environment, I think that's going to be very beneficial for all the players in the long run. 
Uh, interesting yeah. conversation indeed. I wish we could go for more, but we have run out of time. I'd like to thank Christopher Chai, the Managing Director for X-Rex here in Singapore, for spending some time with us on Money FM 88.3 to talk about the future of, of, of cross-border financing and how blockchain solutions might be able to play a part in solving some of these. As always, Christopher, I wish you and your loved ones continued health and safety during these times. We look forward to the next time we can have you back on the show. Meanwhile, all the best to X-Rex and their cross-border financing endeavors, sir. Pleasure was entirely mine. Thank you so much, JP. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.